Welcome to a new episode of the NACF Podcast. We thank you for joining us. And on this week's episode, we talk about a friend. Sometimes you need a friend when you don't even realize how bad you need a friend. And this is what Barnabas found out in the Bible. This is what Pastor Parson preaches about this week on this episode. Thank you for being a friend. Coming up. What is the anointing? It's the power, the presence, and the approval of God. If they are anointed, the Holy Spirit has decided to use them, and all we're supposed to do now is flow with that Holy Spirit. Because you are not wiser than the Holy Spirit. We're going to move right on in into our time of giving, our time of tithing, our time of offering, because this is a part of our worship. We are yet obedient in this season. We yet are worshipers in our tithing, that 10% that we give back to God. Oh, that is our worship. And so if you have not prepared your giving, please do so. You can do that by going to nuantioc-aliante.org. Push the donate button and follow the prompts. A second way that you can do this is by texting 77977 to Nuantioc. All one word, follow the prompts all the way through. And we're going to give you every means to be obedient, every means to give back into this. And so if you have to do it through mail, our address is 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100. Our zip code is 89084. We want to be careful to thank all of those who have remained obedient, who have remained generous. King is here. Your king is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your name, God. Amen. Those of you that sneak in here late, y'all ready to come get some of all this? We've made some shifts and changes. And I tell you, the Spirit of the Lord is resting in this place with our praise and worship. You may have your seats. Before we get into the word, um, see, I have my CGR T-shirt on. It's CGR for me. From now, for the next two weeks, you guys turn something, turn something off this mic. Uh, if you guys would turn, take a little off this mic for me. It's CGR. I got my church girls rule. Church girls really do rule, don't we? Church girls rules. Where are my church girls at? Church Girls Rule and Christian Gents Reign. Where are my Christian Gents? <laughs> Christian Gents Reign is our leadership camp. It starts on June 15th, so I'm going to be a billboard for this camp. It is a life changer for teenagers from age from uh, eighth grade, going to the eighth grade, and through 12th grade. It has been a life changer. I think this is year number six, I think. Um, but we are, we got college graduates now that we are each uh, last two years where Derek is back there the last two years uh, some of our college graduates were CGR kids uh, and so we're excited about what this leadership camp does to their life if you know of any kids that are between eighth grade and coming out of high school 
um, that need a life change that you see leadership ability in, or if you need to lead, you need to see some leadership ability in them, please sign them up for CGR Leadership Camp. Again, get that flyer on the way out. What I'd like you to do, especially all of our teenagers, is, is they feel more comfortable if they know some kids there. So if you sign somebody up from your family, tell them to bring a friend with them. Tell them to bring a family member uh, with them that's in that age group. Uh, and come, and we're staying in town. Now, we usually take them out of town, and everybody wants to go, so you all better go now that we're in town uh, because we might have an attitude. I told them I'm not going to keep nobody from coming, but I might have an attitude uh, if it's when it's time for us to go out of town again and, and they rolling up. Don't let your kids stay home and sit and look at video games all day, and play video games and look at TV all day. We are pouring leadership into these young people. And so uh, give us those days. This, this year's theme is level up. We're leveling up their language. Our young people need to know how to talk to people, how to talk to people in authority, how to talk to their comrades, uh, how to talk to each other, how to talk to their parents. We're leveling up their look. We're leveling up their etiquette and how they handle themselves in all kinds of situations. This year we're talking about career. We're talking about college and we're talking about military. Those are things that they uh, can aspire to. So we're Really, uh, we have great leader of our boys camp, uh, Church Gen uh, Christian Gents Rain is is uh, our own Keith Calhoun is the leader of that that team, uh, and then I kind of lead the other team, but they really kind of lead me uh, between uh, uh, the Trash Sisters and Sharonda and Amber. But I, I'm supposed to kind of be the leader of that that section. Um, but it's a personal ministry of mine. I am dedicated to your children. I'm dedicated to the children of the community. Uh, we will accept some sponsors. We have right now. We got four kids that can be sponsored. Um, but I, but you know, if you can, if you can, it's $125 for the whole week. All of their food, their outing. Um, we're doing. A, we believe we're doing. A, we're doing a water park this year. Uh, everything that we have for them, the speakers, everything, their T-shirts is just $125 for the week, which is cheaper than any camp you're going to send them to. Uh, and this one is going to give them the word of God. The main thing I like is that we teach them how to pray. Because if you can teach your kid how to pray, you have just changed the trajectory of their life, the trajectory of their life. And so we, uh, uh, this is my billboard. Uh, you'll be seeing me in CGR stuff now until I need 50 kids. Uh, we have room probably now for about 40 kids because people just haven't made up their mind. I need you to make up your mind today and go ahead and register so we can have everything prepared for them. So again, that's June 15th through the 18th, CGR Leadership Camp. You can invest in the child if you would like or just pray our way. Ask God to handpick every child. I ask him every day here. Ask God to handpick every child. So just get them the information and let God get them there. Amen? Amen. So we appreciate that. It is Coaches Sunday, as they have said. It is Coaches Sunday. And so, uh, coaches, I, I just know that you really do respect your pastor and that you didn't pur uh, purposely ignore uh, my email, my uh, text I sent you uh, this week. Uh, so get on your phone right now and answer my text with what your your contacts have been. Cause I know you didn't do it on purpose. You would not just just see that I took time to 
individually text 63 people and you just looked at it and say, uh, oh, that's just pastor. I know y'all didn't do that. And so get on that phone right now and answer my text of your contacts. But what we have so far, we have 63 coaches. I'm still looking for more coaches. All it is is you're going to take somebody under your wing, have contact with them during the week, teach them how to do something you know how to do, or teach them how to walk with God. Uh, it, it's as simple as that. Do somebody in your house, somebody you talk to all the time anyway. Make it easy on yourself if you need to do that. But we're trying to get to 80 coaches, and God told me to do this, so you, you all help me obey the Lord. Okay. Well, somebody, Lord, they're going to help me obey the Lord and sign up uh, to be a coach. Thank you, James. Um, I get my text on my iPad. So. Uh, so we have 63 coaches. We have 99 people being coached. And uh, so far we've had 10, we, we had 1,043 coaching contacts so far this year. That is amazing. That is, that is God. People are being touched and changed and discipled uh, through this program. This is what God has called us to do. So we're going to uh, talk to our coaches today. Where are my coaches? Are my coaches in the house? Amen. But the word is for all of us today. We're going to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Verses 17 through 28, it's a lot of reading. Uh, some of you haven't read the Bible all week, so it's good that there's a lot of reading today. Uh, and so uh, the reason I'm going to read all of it is because we're going to exegete this text. We're going to go down. So I do need you all, unless you are part of our staff that is answering the people that are on our e-church um, to come off of your uh, um, Wi-Fi. It frees up our Wi-Fi, too. To come off your Wi-Fi and pull up your pull up Acts chapter nine, uh, start at verse seventeen, so that you can follow along as I go through the message and see where we're going. But it is there for you on the screen. We stand in reverence to the reading of the Word of God as we go to the Word of God. God bless you to all of our visitors and friends that are here. I pray you have already been blessed. And hold on, I'm gonna bless you a little bit more. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 9, verse 17 to 28 is there for you on the screen. Let's read together. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, Something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had gone by, 
there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Paul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Our topic this afternoon is thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. In around 1985 through 1992, there was a situation comedy called The Golden Girls. It was about four friends who decided to live together as family in their golden years. Dorothy, Blanche, Rose and Sophia. The theme song became a signature song for friendship. And it sounded a little bit, a little bit something like this. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a comfort. Come on, sing it with me. Sing it with me. And if you threw a party, you invited everyone you knew. You would see the biggest gift would be from me. And the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. Bring back memories. So there are many songs that celebrate friendship. There's, there were four other friends. This was in about 1995. The moody movie Waiting to Exhale. This time it was Savannah, Robin, Gloria, and Bernadine. Their theme song went a little something like this. Count on me through thick and thin. A friendship that will never end. When you are weak, I will be strong. Helping you to carry on. Come on, y'all know this one. something about four friends. Anybody got four friends? Because in 1985, back when uh, they were starting uh, the uh, Golden Girls, there was another friend songs. Four more friends got together. This was at the height of the AIDS epidemic and they were not only friends with each other, but they were being friends to those who had come down with this AIDS virus. They were Dionne Warwick, Elton John, 
and my two all-time favorites. Gladys Knight and Stevie Wonder. That song went a little bit like this. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me. For sure, that's what friends are for. Come on, sing with us. In good times and bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. That's what friends are for. But you know, the best friend song I know was actually written in 1855. My mama liked this friend song. What a friend we have in Jesus. today. God is sending a word to us about friendship. How many of us have friends that are family? Yeah, friends that are family. My friends are my family. Um, I, if something happened to me, I want them told just like they tell my family. They help make decisions just like they do my family. My friends are my family. But how many of you have family members that you consider friends? Anybody got family members that you consider friends? Your sisters are your friends. Your cousin is your friend. We have family members that we consider friends. And, and some of us, how many of y'all have family friends? Meaning these people are friends of your entire family or your family has been friends. Um, I was, I was uh, the, the Johnson and 
folks uh, really, yeah, I would say the Johnson family have been friends of our family as Pastor Darian and, and Sister Val. Uh, their family has been friends of our family probably over 70 years. Our families have been friends. Our, our, their grandparents and my parents were friends, and then I connected with them, and they connected with my children. And so for generations, our families have been friends. Darian's mother was my babysitter. Our, our, our families have been friends, and then I end up mentoring Darian. Our, our families have been friends. So family and friend does go together. Uh, and so we are to love one another like Jesus loves us, right? Uh, and Jesus said, I have not called you servants, but I've called you friends. They said that Jesus was a friend to sinners, and he connected with some most unusual people. Jesus had some unexpected connections, Lamia. He, he hung out with some questionable women, some cussing sailors, cheating tax collectors, some rabble rousers and some zealots. And then he was friends with some Pharisees and some upstanding citizens. He was friends with lepers and shepherds. He was friends with the blind and the lame, with the learned and the ignorant. Uh, Jesus just was a friend. He found wonderful things inside of people that you wouldn't expect. And when I think about it, I'm one of those people. When God called me, even people who were close to me and who loved me said they could not understand why God would call me. But he is my friend. So thank you for being a friend. Sometimes for the best to be called out of someone's life, all they need is a friend. And in our text, we find this case in a man named Saul. Saul was not the kind of guy you would even witness to, much less invite to your church. He hated Christians. He was out to jail them and have them killed if need be. But Jesus decided to stop him and save him. So he's on this road to Damascus, and when Jesus stopped him, he stopped him all the way from heaven. Jesus came back down here just to get this guy. He knocked him on the ground. He knocked the sight out of his eyes. He had a conversation with him and declared to, to Saul, look, I am indeed the Messiah, and you need to end this persecution of me. Then the Holy Spirit somewhere else speaks to a guy named Ananias. He sends Ananias to Saul, and the Bible says that Ananias went to the house. He placed his hands on Saul. He said, look, Brother Saul, that Lord Jesus who opposed you, he appeared to you on the road, knocked you off your little horse and, and, and knocked the sight out your eyes. He said, he sent me so you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he prayed for him, the Bible says immediately the scales fell off of Saul's eyes. He could see again. He got up. He got baptized in the name of Jesus this time. And he took on some food and, and, and he regained some strength. And the next day, thing you know, Paul is hanging out with the disciples in Damascus. Oh, but when he tried to go back to Jerusalem, Jerusalem where the main church was when he went to the main church, we went to where all the leaders were, where the apostles were working out of Jerusalem. The disciples out there was not having it. Uh, no. And then this great guy, a coach, 
an encourager. He stepped up, said Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. Him? Really, Barney? Him? You're taking up for him? You gonna hang out with him? Barnabas, you gonna vouch for him? He's a killer. He's a persecutor. He's an accuser. He's so arrogant. He's a threat to us. Him? Have you ever had a him? You going to marry him? You going to hire him? You going to lend some money to him? You going to be friends with him? You going to let him in your house? You going to let him around your family? Him? Pastor, you want me to coach him? Lord, you want me to pray for him? You want me to call him? You want me to join in ministry with him? You, 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 you want me to teach him? You want me to disciple him? Her? You going to the store with her? You going to share your business with her? Dude, you going to marry her? You going to be friends with her? You, a you, you asked her to go with us? I know I'm in the house. You loaned her your car? You, you, kept, you kept the kids for her? Have you ever had a her? Better yet, have you ever been her? She mean as a junkyard dog. Her. Have you seen what she has on her? How many baby daddies do she have? Her. All those tattoos all over her back and arms. Her. The size 32 dress on her. She kiddo as heck. Her. She buck wild. Her. Have you ever been her? Have you ever been him? Hold on to your purse around him. Him is a felon. Him is a junkie. Him is a jailbird. I, him haven't worked in years. Him a little cray cray. You, him might say, say anything. You better watch your child around him. Barnabas. Really? Him? What do you see in him? So when God calls us out to minister to people, sends us to minister to people, when he connects people to our lives, and yes, even when he connects them to our families, when he connects people to our ministry or to our department or points them to you to coach or to train or to help or to pray with, you might have to ask God every now and then, what do you see? 
them. What did Barnabas see in Saul? The first thing he saw, I believe, was a calling. Because the Lord actually had told Ananias this first. If you go up in Acts 9 and go up to 11, you'll see what or God told uh, Ananias. That the Lord said, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. Ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying. And in a vision, he has seen this man named Ananias come to the place and lay hands on him to restore his sight. And uh, Ananias said, Lord. Let me paraphrase. Lord, uh, him? And I said, I heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem, God. Him? And, by the way, I know you know this, God, but just to remind you, he came here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest anybody that calls on your name. Him? The Lord said, yes, him. He said, go. This man is my chosen instrument. I chose him to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. I'm going to show him how much he's going to suffer for my name's sake. Barnabas somehow knew that Saul had a calling. Saul got saved. Saul got baptized. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Lord had called him. And Barnabas could see it. Sometimes we don't understand why God would send some of the people he sends for you to work with. Sometimes we don't understand why he sent this person for you to love on. For you to teach and for you to train and actually for you to befriend. But what you can't deny is that there's a calling on their lives. And if God called them, Darren, there's nothing else that we have to say. What did Barnabas see in him? He saw a calling, but he also saw a gift. A gift. As soon as Saul knew that Jesus was Messiah, it all began to click with him. All the scripture that he knew, all the prophecy that he knew, all of it began to come together and it began to make sense and it began to line up. And verse 20 said, at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. Saul had a gift. He could open up the scriptures and unfold the word of God. He was smart. He was intellectual. He met the son of God and he could prove it. So, so when, when God sends them to you, look for the gift in people that God connects you to. Look for the gift in the ones that you're coaching. Look, in the, look at the gifts. Look for the gifts in your husband, ladies. Look for the gift in your wife, fellas. Look for the gift in your child, parents. Look for the gift that's in your friend. Look for the gifts that's in your community group members. Look for the gifts that's in your team members. Look for the gifts in the ones that you work with on your secular job. Look for the gifts in your neighbors. Look for those gifts that's in the hood and in the barrio and in the trailer park. Look for the gifts as we go out in this community because every good and perfect gift is from above. 
What did Barnabas see in him? He saw a calling. He saw a gift. And he saw a reputation. Verse 21. All those who heard him were astonished at it and asked, uh, ain't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem? Isn't this the man that's been sending people to jail for calling on your name? Isn't this the one that came here to take some prison to the chief priest? You see, Paul's reputation had preceded him. They knew all about him. They knew what he had done. And really, what he had done in the past disqualified him for what he was doing right now. What he had done in the past disqualified him for what he was doing right now. Hmm. Me too. He spent years in the wrong direction. Me too. He hurt some folks along the way. Me too. He made some mistakes at the time he felt was right. Denise, me too. If God connects you with someone with a reputation, then check your own self because you might have one too. It, 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 it's, it's, it's funny, Pastor Ronald, that the, the, the people that come to us because somebody has said something rude or done something, they never realize that three people just came to me about you. You might have a reputation too. Or you would have had a reputation if, if you was out in the open with joy. See, there was no shame in Saul's game. The only reason he was out there with his, the only reason you might not have a rep is because you at least had some shame about your mess. And nobody knew you did it. But Saul was out there. Saul, Saul was in the need of someone who could see the calling and the gift and the reputation. Don't draw back from helping someone just because they have a reputation. If God called them, understand that God had their resume and their record. Understand that God knew who they were when he called them. He knew who they were when he gifted them. And know that God has the ability to expunge a record. God has the ability to seal a record. God has the ability to blot out your transgressions. God has the ability to forgive your sins and remember them no more. And all they need is for you to stand with them, to accept them, to work with them, to coach them through it, to show them the way out, to teach them how this thing is done. And every now and then, when people are talking about them, accusing them, when the devil is throwing their past back in their face, just lean over to them and say, me too. What did he see in Saul? A calling? A gift? A reputation? And an anointing. 
Look at verse 22. It said, yet Saul grew more and more powerful, and he baffled the Jews who were living in Damascus, proving that Jesus is a Messiah. He was anointed, and y'all, there's nothing like being anointed while doing what you're called and anointed to do. There's no greater thrill. You're in the zone. It's like it fits. Everything feels good. It feels like, yes, this is what I was born to do. Saul was gifted and called to to teach and open the word of God and reveal the plans and purposes of God. And the anointing fell on him while he was doing it. And all the more they talked about him, the more powerful he got. So when you're coaching or when you're dealing with your family, when God puts friends in your life, when he puts children in your life, when he gives you a teen or a young adult to work with, make sure that you're tracking the anointing. What is the anointing? It's the power, the presence, and the approval of God. If they are anointed, the Holy Spirit has decided to use them, and all we're supposed to do now is flow with that Holy Spirit. Because you are not wiser than the Holy Spirit. You may not can't figure why God used them. You can't figure why God used you, but guess what? You are not wiser than the Holy Spirit. And watch this, watch this, watch this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit uses people out of his mercy. Sometimes the Holy Spirit uses people because of his mercy. Because if it were not for ministry, if it were not for the times that I was raggedy and the Spirit used me anyway, I would have given up. He used me out of his mercy. I'd have given up. I'd have quit if it wasn't for the fact that I was anointed. You see, I needed his approval so I could make it another day. And, and I did. I was, I was curious. I, Angie, I asked him once. I'm like, why did he use people who were obviously not all the way right? Because I was raised in the church where we, we were taught that you wasn't going to be anointed unless you was all the way right. But growing up in the church, I watched God use people who I knew were not all the way right. So, God, why would you use and anoint somebody that's not all the way right? And God asked me. He answered my question. He said, if I didn't, I could never use anybody. Because ain't none of y'all all the way right. But he is so into us. He wants to partner with us. He wants relationship with us. He wants to move in us. We are his plan A and there is no plan B. So I found that God uses the lazy and the crazy. He uses the hard-headed and the stiff-necked. He uses the aggressive and the passive. He uses the steamrollers and the procrastinators. He uses the con man and the cop-out. He uses the scaredy cat and the daredevil and if God is for them you cannot be against them so check and see if they are anointed 
What did Barnabas see in him? A calling, a gift, a reputation, an anointing, and a leader. He saw a leader in him. Look at verse 23. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy. The Jews were trying to kill him. Saul learned of their plan day and night. The Jews and people are watching the city gates trying to catch Paul going out so they could kill him. And the Bible says, but his followers took him by night, lowered him in a basket, and, and took him out through an opening in the wall. In the wall, I, I, I got stuck there. His followers. This dude just got saved last week. And he got followers? It was a little longer than last week. But y'all just... He was arresting and persecuting Christians just a minute ago. He met Jesus. He changed his life. He found his purpose in like a week. Started a ministry before he left town. And already he's got some followers who are willing to put up their life for his. This dude is a leader. So look at the person that you're coaching. Look at your spouse. Look at your children, your family members. Look at your friends. Do you see the leader in them? Do they have influence? Do people follow them? Do they have the potential to lead someone to Christ, change, and purpose? Oh, Barney saw that Saul was a leader. This man had influence. This man had followers who were already dedicated to him. So he saw his calling, his gift, his reputation, his anointing, his leadership. And he also saw that Saul had a problem. After all of that, the Bible says in verse 26, he came to Jerusalem and tried to join up with the disciples, tried to join up with the main church. But they were all afraid of him not believing that he was really a disciple. In other words, he ain't saved. Him? Mm-mm. We ain't buying that. We don't trust him. If he's up in here, he's just undercover. He's just trying to get in so he can take some of the rest of us down. They were afraid of him. Y'all know God can change a man so radically. He can change a man so much that you can't believe it yourself. As saved as we are, God can transform somebody so drastically that even we won't believe it. And I don't blame him. I, I don't blame him. I, I, I can't blame him, Alejandro. I, I, I can't blame him because... I would have been looking at him with the side eye too. He would not have had my address or my phone number. I would have not been his follower on Twitter or Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm a little suspicious. That's why every servant leader, children's ministry leader, youth leader in this here place has to have a police check. Amen. <laughs> now, I believe God changes people. Transformation is my, my passion, but I'm a little bit of a suspicious chick. 
I'm a shepherd, and, and as a shepherd, it's my job to watch for the wolves so they don't get to the sheep. Then don't get scared. The only thing we're looking for is if you have been a child molester, and I believe that God can save, absolutely transform a child molester, but it's, it's a liability issue in the church, and so just for the liability, uh, just in case you slip up, we're not trying to get no kids hurt. So it don't matter what else you got going on because, matter of fact, this is a great church for people that have a record. This is a great church for felons. This is a great church uh, for people off the street. This is a great church for ex-gang bangers. So we don't care what's on your record. We just might have to keep you away, depending on what you got. You might have to keep you away from little kids. But but y'all come on in. Uh, we could. I, I'm married to a felon, so, uh, you know, uh, 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 that ain't no problem. That ain't no issue. But but we're looking. Saul had a problem. He has this calling and he has this gift. He has this anointing. He is a born leader. Matter of fact, he's a born again leader. And he has this reputation that's causing him a problem with the folks that he is called to be family with. More accurately, the folks he is called to be family with have a problem with him. So what was the solution to the problem? All he needed was a friend. Thank you for being a friend. The Bible says in verse 27, but Barnabas took him. And I've said this before because I think these are four of the most powerful words in the Bible. But Barnabas took him. Because Barnabas took him, we have almost half of the New Testament books and 28% of the content of the New Testament. Because Barnabas took him, the gospel was preached to the Gentiles. That means it got to me. Because Barnabas took him, kings and magistrates heard the word that Jesus is indeed Lord. Because Barnabas Barnabas took him. We have been able to enjoy folk like Luke and Timothy and Titus and Priscilla and Aquila and Lydia and Silas and Phoebe. Because Barnabas took him, there's a great church that they further developed themselves called Antioch. Because Barnabas took him, we know that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Because Barnabas took him, we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and the, them that are called according to his purpose. Because Barnabas took him, we have the confidence that though we are troubled on every side, we are not distressed. Though we're perplexed, we're not in despair. Though we're persecuted, we're we're not forsaken, and though we're cast down, we're not destroyed. Because Barnabas took him, we know that we can do all things through Christ that strengthened us. Because Barnabas took him, we know that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Because Barnabas took him, we have his testimony, and it's our testimony too, that if God be for you, who can be against you? All of that was in Saul. And all he needed was a friend. Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. 
And he told the apostles how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and how the Lord had spoken to him and, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So verse 28 says, so Saul stayed with them and moved about freely, speaking boldly in the name of Jesus. They led him in the church. They led him in the church. And the rest is history. His name was changed to Paul. He becomes the great apostle Paul. Four missionary journeys. Between 14 and 20 churches that he started. Many more churches started by the leaders that he developed. And then he got to witness to the head of the Roman Empire. 13 epistles that are written by him. The doctrine of salvation explained like no other body else could explain it. The work of the Holy Spirit was explained by him like nobody else could explain it. And all he needed was a friend. So Barnabas, thank you for being a friend. My brothers and my sisters this afternoon, coaches, ministers, mothers, fathers, siblings, be a friend. I didn't go on to try to give you a bunch of definitions of a friend. Just be the kind of friend that Barnabas was. He saw something in Saul. He stood up for him in front of the people. He told his story for him and affirmed him. He stuck with him for a while. He allowed him to be who God said he was. He loaned him his reputation until he could prove himself. It started off as Barnabas and Saul. Then it was Barnabas and Paul. But after a while, it was Paul and Barnabas. He coached him. He discipled him. He prayed for him. Who knows who that person is going to be or how much of a blessing they can be to you? Or how much of a blessing they're going to be to the body of Christ. How much a blessing they might be to the kingdom of God. And all they need is a friend. If you have that kind of friend, take out your phone and text them right now. And all I want you to say is thank you for being a friend. Right now, if you have that kind of friend that believed in you, that stood with you, that walked with you for a while. I want you to right now, right now, this moment. Text them and say, thank you for being a friend. For those of you who were like Saul before he became Paul, you know that good friends are hard to find. I know they are. Someone who will put up with you. And see you, I know they're hard to find. And we're growing here in New Antioch, and we need to grow more in this area. That's why God sent this word to all of us today, so that we could become better friends to people. That's why he sent it to the coaches today, so that you know how to approach the people that you're coaching. And he, he sent this word so that this church could become full of people who are willing to win somebody to Christ, to befriend them, to coach them to walk with them, to usher them in the purpose. We want to become an army of friends to this community. Okay, I got three, I didn't even get three amens. We want to become an army of friends to this community, to, to our families, to our coworkers. But if you don't have that kind of friend, 
There is a friend I want to recommend to you today. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend that will walk this walk with you. There is a friend, y'all. There is a friend in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to care. You can take everything to God in prayer. If you don't have that kind of friend today, I want you to start with Jesus. If, if you've never asked him to be your friend, if you've never asked him to be in your life, if you're listening on live stream and say, I don't have friends like that. God is going to provide those friends for you. You're going to find some friends in this church that will walk with you like that but the first friend I recommend is Jesus if you want him to be your friend we call that being saved if you've never accepted if you're here and you've never accepted this prayer I want you to pray it with me now and this, this enters you into friendship with Jesus again this is a prayer that you can connect with God right here today and if you're listening, if you're watching us live stream, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I want to be your friend. I want you to be mine. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong and come into my heart. I want to be friends with you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we believe that you are now in friendship with Jesus. You are saved. And if you're listening to us and you're not here with us, just put in the comment section that you prayed that prayer today. Somebody is going to see it and connect with you. There's a book I want you to have called Saved, Salvation 101, and it will tell you how to walk this walk. There's another book called the Enoch experience how to walk with God we can get you that book as well so that you can start this friendship with Jesus or you can go to newantioch.org newantioch-aliante.org and there if you go to the connect button we will connect you to the church you can become a member you can get into a bible study we'll get you those to those books that you need for you to start out this friendship with Jesus. I highly recommend him. He is an amazing friend. And I thank him so much for being my friend. If you're here in the house and you want to start that friendship with Jesus and you prayed that prayer today or, you, or I'll go back over it with you, would you raise your hand? Anybody that prayed that prayer for the first time today or rededicated yourself? to Jesus day. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. We know that it is time for that rededication. Amen. We already have your information and we
We're going to get your information and get you those books if you would like that. Amen. And get you connected to Jesus. But I'd like to pray for those today that was that be honest to say this is a hard altar call to answer because you may not want anybody to know but if you're among friends it doesn't matter and if you don't have any friends then it really don't matter come on I want to pray for people who say I don't have that kind of person in my life but I want to I want to walk this walk I want to be better I want to be developed I I want to, I, I, I just want that change in my life. I, I want to be that Saul turned into Paul. I, I know there's more into me, but there's nobody in my life. I want to pray for you today. You want to connect with Jesus like that. You want to connect with him in a friendship like you don't really have right now, even though you're already a Christian. Or you want to be, you want God to lead you and guide you to the people to connect yourself to, to pull the best out of you. I want to pray for you today. Would you meet me at the altar? Would you meet me at the altar? Come on, it's all right. God sent you here to hear this word. Anybody this morning? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Come on, are you ready for this kind of connection? God, I... I just need the right people in my life. Would you come? Would you come? I know you're in here. I know you're in here. We want to pray that God begin to change and turn things in your life right now. That you be open to those people. And that you have the strength to do what you need to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you right now. I cancel every assignment of the enemy against this woman in the name of Jesus. God, put the right people in our life. Put the right coach in our life. Put the right person in our life. Put the right friends in our life. In the name of Jesus, show her who can pull the best out of her. Give her the strength, God, to make every change that she needs to make. All she needs is a friend. Hallelujah. God, you start out being her friend. Do it for her now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God. I cancel what the enemy is trying to do. God, give her the right connections. God, give her the right connections for the life change that you're bringing about right now. Give her the space to make the change. Give her the people that will believe in her, God. In the mighty name of Jesus that sees who she is, I cancel the assignment of the enemy against her life. Everything's getting ready to turn around. Everything gets ready to turn around. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. In the name of Jesus. Fall on her right now. Strengthen her right now. Make her way right right now. Don't let her be the same after today. God, heal her heart from every hurt. As I lay hands on her heart, 
it is beginning to heal right now. I pull the root of every hurt and fear and anxiety and depression out of her heart in the name of Jesus. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, getting ready for the turnaround, getting ready for the turnaround, getting ready for the absolute turnaround. And like he said to Peter, when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. When you're ready, strengthen the brethren. When you get this thing together, strengthen the brethren. Strengthen those other women. In the name of Jesus. I am not going to change my mind. Your anointing is my mercy. Your anointing is my mercy. Ah! It's because you're anointed that I keep working with you. It's because you're It's because you're anointed. It's because you're anointed. It's because you're anointed that I'm going to keep after it. It's because you're anointed that I'm going to keep pushing you. It's because you're anointed that I'm going to keep fixing it. It's because you're anointed that I've turned it around. It's because you're anointed in the name of Jesus. Give him the right friends, the right friends, the right coach.
one for his career, but the one for his calling. God, don't let the wrong people get in his life. Don't let the wrong relationships get in his life. God, protect him. Be his friend. Teach him how to be good friends with you. How to be good friends with you. In Jesus' name, I bless him today and this transfer of anointing goes into his life now. He can never be the same from now. He can never be ordinary from now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Darian, bring me the oil. operate in the gift of healing.
Tasha, I hear the Spirit saying, both of your boys. I thought at first he was talking about Isaiah and, and recommitting to the call that's in his life and on his life. But he said, both your boys and what we have seen in Christian is an anointing. Comes and goes. But me too. <laughs> um, recommit yourself to coaching the giftings in them. He'll make a way. He'll make an inroad. But God is not going to change his mind about your boys. He's not going to change his mind. In spite of the reputation and in spite of the problem, there is a call, a gift, and an anointing and a leader and both of them, recommit yourself to it and to see what God is going to do. And when you don't know what to do, take it to Elbert, I hear him saying, too, take another look at Mintz. Take another look at him. And let God help you see what he sees in him. God use all kind of people. Take another look at him. Tell God to bring it out and give you ways or put that right person in his life. Take another look at him. And listen. I'm not going to give up on him. Sharonda, God said, don't forget what I told you about Carter. What God called, told me months ago about Carter. Don't forget about what's in Carter. He is your sidekick. And that anointing, he will have the opportunity to be raised under the anointing if you don't forget. You'll be able to give him what you didn't have when your kids were his age. All right. Any other pastors have anything? Voice running in prayer. All right. I believe we're done for the day then. Thank God for his presence in the service today. You do have something? You can. This is the day that we do take a special offering for Sunrise Mountain. Um, so you can either uh, if ask for an envelope. Um, I know you've given your tithing and your offering already, but this is every first Sunday. We're just going to give God what we have and expect him to explode it so that we can finish this work that he's given us. So you can go to newaliante.org uh, and, and give uh, with PayPal there, 
or you can uh, get an envelope and just give whatever you have or give it at the end as you walk out of service uh, for the Sunrise Mountain uh, Project. Tonight, 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 the couples have their event for Family Life Month, Staying I Do. It is at 6 p.m. at our central campus. It is a dinner and forum. We have our, uh, our mentors, uh, couples that are going to be there, uh, Pastor Mike and Kathy Jackson and Pastor Alfred and Gene Johnson. Uh, and then we have some testimonies and videos from some of our own couples. And we are going to talk about those vows. Staying I do. We good at saying I do. But when they come to staying I do. Uh, we're going to talk about that tonight for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, uh, in sickness and in health. To death do us, no, that's the other part. Yeah, that part too. But to love and to cherish. And that's what we're going to focus on tonight. Um, we had to do your meals in advance. And so uh, we're, uh, we can't take any more. Actually, we have room for maybe one or two couples that didn't sign up. But uh, we asked for a couple extras. But, um, or no. Basically, you need to have signed up already because we've already ordered the food. We can't, we can't tell them to cook us three more chickens uh, at this point. Uh, but just a reminder, you all be there. Um, be timely uh, because your food will be warm as it comes. Um, we do have child care tonight. Um, so if you do need that, uh, we are providing child care um, uh, on tonight. I forgot to tell them this morning, um, I'm telling y'all now, I, I need to go out of town uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So our new Bible study on discipline, am I making myself better, is going to be on Tuesday. But you can still play it Wednesday. It'll still be on there. We're going to do Tuesday at 8.15 instead of Wednesday this week. But if Wednesday is your day, you can still play it uh, on Wednesday. This is Vacation Bible School Week. Vacation Bible School will be here at Aliante. Join us as the 80s meets the 80s. So we're going to do some connection between before, uh, before Christ and, and the 80s. It's going to be real creative. There's going to be uh, a skate night, and it's, we, uh, it's going to be from 9 to 5. 9 to 2, from 9 to 2. Yeah, that's too long. No, 9 to 2, you can still register. Um, today, but today's going to be, uh, you need to register today. These are for kids that are 3 to 11, for our 3 to 11-year-olds. Do not let them stay home and watch video games. Those of you that are listening, bring your kids on out. Don't let them watch video games all day and TV all day when we could be giving them the Word of God and, and having fun and crafts and, and good old Christian fun. Please let us have your children Please, it's just $35 for everything they're going to be doing for the entire week. And there are discounts for multiple children. So if you have multiple children, bring them on. We'll work with you. We want to work with your kids. Amen. Man, starting on Tuesday this week. So raise your hand, Lamia. See, Lamia, uh, if you need more information. But we want you to bring your neighbor's kids. Bring the kids in the neighborhood. Your cousin Nim and your God babies. Bring them out. Uh, to Vacation Bible School. And then the next week, uh, 15th through the 18th, is CGR. 
Church Girls Rule Christian Gents Reign Leadership Camp. It's going to be at the Central Campus, and it will also be from uh, 8, to, 8 to 5. That will be from 8 to 5 Tuesday through uh, the Friday of the next week. It is $125, but come on, let me, don't, don't let that chase you. you. You spend more than that if you buy them Starbucks every day all summer. Come on and bring, get this flyer on your way out and please register your kids. Those of you that, the flyer is on our webpage, uh, the flyer is on our Facebook pages, but you can register them at cgrleadership.org, cgrleadership.org, amen. And then our men's retreat is on the 19th. Um, raise your hand back there, Brother uh, Keith. Men's retreat, if you want information about that, are going to Mount Charleston. Theirs is just $25 for everything up there. Y'all know we have to feed you, so we got to charge you. Amen. Um, but when everybody starts paying tithes and offerings in a big way, then we can do more free stuff. Uh, but we are charging you what it actually costs us to put these things on, especially tonight. Um, and then Father's Day will end out our Family Life Month on Father's Day the 20th. And we have a great celebration for you. If all minds are clear, amen. God bless you. Uh, Pastor Sharonda, if you have anything and you can uh, talk to him while I make it to the door uh, and, uh, or dismiss us. Amen. Let's thank God for that word on this afternoon from our pastor. I absolutely love it that we get the best word over here for all of our visitors. Thank you for visiting us, those who have visited us um, online. Uh, let that word rest on you and think about it all during the week. Am I being a friend? And am I being a friend the way she described being a friend? Not just that messy friend that get down in the dirt with you, but that friend that pulls you out and speaks life. Amen. Amen. Let's say our benediction together. Finally, brethren. Oh, there it is. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Greet one another with a holy way. For all of our visitors, that used to say greet one another with a holy kiss, but we're being careful. So we greet one another with a holy wave. All the saints salute you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Amen. Please remain seated. Our sanctuary attendants will get you out safely. We still do have some COVID precautions in place over here. And so we allow our seniors to exit out, and then they will come to your role when you're ready. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the NACF Podcast. For more information on our campuses and services, you can visit Central Campus at newantioch.org. For Aliante Campus, you can visit newantioch-aliante.org. Service times for Central is 9 a.m. Sunday mornings. Service time for Aliante is 12.30 p.m. every Sunday.